Hello, 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 happy Monday. We made it to another one. So I don't need to say it. I am so excited because I'm excited to have this just to send to people. You know, sometimes when I do these Zooms, um, like I had a few topics that I was mulling over for tonight. Um, and I think about, you know, what comes, as I said before, like what we hear a lot of in the calls in the week between. And this is just something that I don't even think it's consistent in terms of timing. It's just that overall, this conversation will come up with, I want to say like 90% of the clients that come into CCA. And it makes sense. I mean, a lot of you guys that come into this relate to the stuff in my posts. So it would make sense that, you know, this is a big driver of that. And as we start to, some of you have been in CCA for a long time, you've seen we do things really differently. Um, you know, it's weird getting used to that slow quality of it at first, uh, but there is a reason. And we've definitely, at some point, I bet, I bet all of us have had sh uh, shiny object syndrome at some point. Um, but today, as usual, tell me in the chat, um, those of you who have been, in CCA for a while, you know, if you could share how you felt about the slow, you know, kind of little baby step, almost ridiculous feeling process that we do. If you're comfortable sharing, share in the chat. Um, and those of you who are new, if you have any thoughts on kind of that slow, slow process, if you're comfy, sh uh, share in the chat. And then I'm going to get started and then I'll go back and read. So what the hell is shiny object syndrome. I don't know why that phrase is like really tongue twisting me right now, but um, it's like ADHD for health maintenance. Um, and it, that could be just a fun, lighthearted way of saying orthorexia, or it could just be being a, a byproduct of a culture that's kind of body obsessed. Um, it could be a lot of reasons, but something I want to talk about is, you know, I think there are so many more people out there battling orthorexia, then we realized that, you know, because I didn't realize that what I was dealing with was orthorexia. I really thought that I was just very health conscious. I didn't realize sending my father an entire email outlining how, you know, different articles that I found about his, about things that he could be experiencing with his age and different foods to avoid. And, you know, like it was an obsession, a total obsession to be healthy because it completely evaded me. It was something I felt completely incapable of. So I didn't realize I was orthorexic. And I feel like, you know, what, what are we expected to be? We're expected to not be lazy and not care about our health. We're not, we're expected to not be obsessive and be, have orthorexia. It's like, how can we win here? You know, cause we're kind of screwing up existing, right? So it doesn't have to even go to the extreme of orthorexia, which if, if that connects with any of you guys, I would want to respect that and do an entire zoom on it or have a one-on-one -on -one conversation more about it. So if that part of this call connects with you, definitely text me um, and we can chat more. Uh, but in a more lighthearted way, you know, what we see is there's a few reasons for this and we've just normalized them, right? So here's a few that I listed off and I'm sure I forgot plenty, right? But society's absolute fear of fat people just like it's it's a fear, it's a disgust, it's a how dare they exist and not be miserable. It's just this, it, it's an obsession in and of itself, right? Doctors making us feel like we're literally offing ourselves it, by like eating anything. Um, workout culture making us feel like we have to suffer and not even be upset about it. Otherwise we're lazy, 
you know, God forbid you're the fat lady who can't, you know, like, cause you're out of breath, right? God forbid you, there, there's even a size limit for that to be appropriate and for us to be left the hell alone. You know, um, how about ignorant family members who are also victims of their own constant body shaming, whether it's themselves, others, it's just what they grew up with. And it just, the big, I wrote here, the big juicy one, feeling like physical shit and having all of these things blamed on the way we look. As if we're not being told or made uncomfortable about it, as if we don't realize, you know? Um, what are you guys thinking as you're hearing this? My chat is very quiet. Right, let's get that chat pumping. CCA vets, tell me what you think about baby steps. CCA noobs, tell me what you think about baby steps. And as you've heard this whole, you know, these this clusterfuck of reasons why we're more, you know, we have shiny object syndrome with our health. What are you thinking? What's connecting with you? So let's recap what I have in the chat here so far. It feels like, un it feels unlike anything I've done before. It feels weird to not hit the ground running, right? It's funny because I'll have clients who are expecting like me to be on them. They're, they're maybe coming from another program or it's what they assumed a program would be like. And it's almost like <laughs> sometimes they might feel like it's neglectful, but it's not. It's just because it's supposed to be something that meshes. It's not to be to supposed to be some kind of boot camp you go to. That's not reality and that's extra stress. And if we're literally affected by stress in here because we got health issues, then that's counterintuitive, right? But I get it. It feels like sometimes we feel like we need to become obsessed with something because it needs to become our identity, our lifestyle, so we stick to it. But it's ironically the opposite. It's why we drop it. Baby steps are so counterintuitive after being brainwashed by diet culture, but they are truly the best way to make sustainable change, right? Like it feels like you're doing it wrong. You know, like it feels like, all right, I mean, I get that, but if this is so easy, why can't I do this, that, and the other thing? Um, you know, like, and people also are used to not wanting to seem lazy or undisciplined. So they want to go above and beyond in the beginning. But honestly, what, what purpose does that serve? You know, um, I have a theory about health coaches. I'm very cynical about other health coaches in this industry. It's why like, I don't care what other people do as a structure. I've created my own over time from working with people. My first program was an hour Zoom once a week with a person, one-on-one -on -one like this. Um, and that's all that I did. That's how I started, you know? So I've built the program based on what I feel is, ne is, is needed to have someone feel like this is gonna be something that's natural. And I have this feeling that other health coaches love to ride on that initial dopamine of people being really keyed in, in the beginning. And then when that naturally falls off, cause it's human nature, it's almost like, because they can kind of blame the person for that, they become a repeat customer. They retain, they stick around. That's why most health programs are like three months at best. It's not because they can get you those results in three months. It's because they can make you believe you'll want to stick with them within three months. So it's, I, I, I just feel like there's a lot of deception and targeting and it grosses me out. So um, I feel like, you know, all of that has a lot to do with that, those, that beginning rush. It's just all bullshit. But let's see. 
It feels counterintuitive to everything I've done. It's less stressful because I don't feel the overwhelm of cleaning my pantry and fridge out to even start or keep moving forward. I'm just adding and swapping at a slower pace. I'm not making being a program for myself, my whole personality, like many times I've done before. I've totally been the same. I get that for sure. It's a, I think it's like it, it creates, I think I wrote that here, how I actually wrote out the physical workout culture, making us feel like we belong if we feel good about suffering. It's like this weird counterculture that happens. You know, it's all rooted in trauma and body shame. So make sure um, from the first time I was diagnosed at 13, I, it was down to move more, eat less, the worst. And I was an active, healthy eating, healthy eating teen. They acted like I ate fast food 24 seven. Oh my God, I have a story. The worst thing I could be was chubby, the way extended family and society reacted to me. Hmm. Like the biggest crime I committed was being chubby as a child. That's heartbreaking. Um, Sophie, our lovely coach in the UK, um, she was trying to go somewhere like a clinic for endometrial issues. And part of it was they gave her the option to go to a weight loss clinic. And she was like, I'm going to go as like a covert, like a spy. Like, I just want to see what the hell they're going to say. And then got the intake form. Oh my God. Y'all, I have never in my life. One of the questions was, how many chocolate bars do you eat per day? Not, do you eat chocolate? How many chocolate bars do you eat per day? We were all, like, she sent it in the coaches chat, and we were, like, disgusted. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> a, a medical clinic, you know? So I was, like, I, I, I almost fell off my chair when I read that. I could not. There was more. I'm just forgetting it. But it was, it was disgusting. Like, Really, really sad. Um, I remember so vividly an older white male told, doctor told me I had enjoyed the holidays too much when I was over exercising and eating so little at the time. I definitely know what that's like. Like I've had people say like, how are you still on the elliptical? Like you're fatter than me. And <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I don't, nobody knows, you know, like I haven't eaten since yesterday, but here we are. You know, um, not knowing that was actually making it worse, you know? So, um, and then I saw Liz said, dealing with parents is a big one for me. That's huge because it's so, it's so hard. It, it's so nuanced and it's so layered, you know? And you also know they're not quite right in the head, you know? So it's like, what's the point of exerting the energy? But it's like constantly having the emotional labor of having to remember and separate and remind yourself. And it's a lot of inner coaching that you don't think you have to sign up for necessarily, you know, um, parent like that. It's been a while since I did a zoom on that, but I did one, I think for not this holiday season, last holiday season, dealing with people like that. Um, I'm going to do another one soon with, cause I feel like now there's even more crap out there, you know? So, okay. Now, what do we do when we start feeling like shit and blaming ourselves and blaming the way we look and we're getting hyper fixated on, you know what, my salvation lies in this path, my salvation lies in this supplement and this whatever, you know, what, what does that look like when we're doing that? So when we want things to be hard to suffer in the name of results, because it feels like if it's really difficult to do that. It, if you do it like long enough, it must work. It must do something. You can't take, you can't overhaul your whole body and 
not have something work out, you know, so it feels like we're in control. It feels like we're participating in it when really chronic illness, the reason we hate it so much is we feel like we can't participate in the care of our own bodies. So we get, we get off on the consistency of making big changes and sticking to them. Like, oh, oh my God, every day I'm obsessive. I don't think of any other food. I got this, I have this routine. And we, especially those of us who are neurodivergent and that whole thing has evaded us our whole life. It feels so right in the beginning to just be good at something and be strict with something because you are not doing what all those people think you're doing. You're not giving up on yourself. You're really trying. And that's where the hardness actually makes us feel like we're really trying. It's basically a plea for people to realize how hard you're actually trying, except no one hears it. <laughs> and then when we realize that it is defeating, you know? So, and then when that doesn't last, because inevitably we are human. So when that doesn't last, it's disastrous and devastating. We're like, what do I do? I thought this was it, fooled again. You know, or we're like, I got to get back to that, but we'll never be back to that because we've now seen that that's what life is like that way. And we've seen it doesn't give us the happiness we want. So we may think we want to get back to that, but there's a reason that we're rejecting something. And it's important to listen to that rejection of something that doesn't mean that we're just like not disciplined, lazy, we're a flake all over the, no, it means like, why should I live my life doing something that doesn't serve me? You know? Um, and our, our brain subconsciously try to force us on that path. And we think there's something wrong with us. Like, why can't I just suffer happily? You know, um, how about when we fixate on food and exercise, because those are the tangible things. So the, the less you eat or the more you fear this or aha, it's, it's nightshades. Aha, it's cruciferous vegetables. Aha, it's gluten, it's sugar, it's this. It's the obsession with finding the salvation is disappointing. And all we're looking for that light at the end of the tunnel and trying to go these other routes and try these different things and jump around where our intentions are really good. Like we're not, again, we're, it's not because we're not disciplined. It's because we're just blaming ourselves for unsustainable shit. And we're getting, you know, shiny object syndrome. That's not sustainable. If something, if you want to jump around to things, what you're doing is not for you, you know? So um, we listen to people, uh, input from people who have, I wrote here, who have no fucking clue. Like, would you take driving advice from someone who had their license taken away? Cause I got into so many accidents. Like, no, you know? So if you're talking to someone who has been on 75 different diets and it's all they can talk about and think about, do you want to be like, like, do you, is that the defining example of how you want to live and be no, but it still sucks hearing it, you know, it's a peanut gallery. Um, here's the main point that I'm making with all this shit, right? And I wanna hear your feedback on this. My main point is we get it wrong when we make changes based on the results we think they'll get us rather than the benefit it has for us, rather than how it truly will be for our body and our minds. We, you know, we get it wrong when we only do things for results and not for enjoyment, not for re realistic expectations. Uh, how it affects our family, like all those fun, happy things, you know, like that we think if we just lost weight, it'd get better. You know, we, that's not why you should make these changes because that will always lead you to disappointment. The changes you make should be, you know, like what I wrote here, 
You don't need to be a, you know, a certain size to be happy. I know we hear that all the time, but it is the truth. It is. There are people who will love you and there are fun things you can do and memories you can make and wonderful parts of your life you can experience that have absolutely nothing to do with size except for how we feel about our size. You know, so I have a guilt trip that I wrote down here for you guys. Okay, so my guilt trip is, uh, as I've been doing research, I've been realizing lately, um, you know, type one diabetics, especially those who are diagnosed really, really young, they have a much higher chance of developing Alzheimer's, especially if you run a lot of low blood sugars. Um, you know, like later on in life, we have a much higher propensity to it. And I thought about that and it, it really made me kind of emotional because, you know, I wanna, I feel so committed to being present in memories since learning that now, because that is what we can have control over. You know, we, we see the old ladies, the old people talking about how I wish back in the day I would have lived my life. I would have done more, blah, blah, blah. We're literally in that moment. We can do that. And the idea that one day to not have my memory and to not remember all of the things I've been, you know, I'm doing now and experiences I'm having now in life. And it's like, what's the point? You know, like I, 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 I refuse to let that be taken away from me because if I can't remember that one day, I want to know that I lived in that moment. I was present. I wasn't half there because I was in my own head. Or I was, you know, worrying about what so, you know, someone's seen a back roll in my dress. Like, you know, that is, I'm it's not going to, I'm not going to give a shit about that. I don't, hopefully I give a shit about anything, but like, I especially won't be giving a shit about that, you know? So, um, I've survived, worked really hard. I survived my childhood. I worked really hard to become someone that I, you know, can stand and now eventually love and really respect, you know? So the idea that I would want to be trying to hurt myself, get myself to a certain mold, avoid certain moments, avoid pictures, avoid living for the sake of looking healthy enough for other people. That sounds ridiculous to me. It sounds like I'm going to be living my whole life up until the point of losing my memory. If that happens, just trying to get other people's approval for fucking what? What will I have a life of rem uh, to, to worry about not remembering a life full of trying to appease others? You know, so my little guilt trip I have here for you guys. <laughs> so really value that you have the power to be present in moments. Now it's something that it deserves working towards if it's difficult, because there's tons of reasons why it could be, you know, but it's never a silly thing to prioritize enjoying your life. Now that's something we can't get taken away from us in the moment. So, um, Oh, I wrote here too. I think about this with my mom all the time, you know, like I, we worked really hard to be at a, at a place where we have a good relationship now seeking most of my life. I have like no pictures of my mom. My mom has been self-conscious about being in photos. It, it's notorious for it. She hates it. She'll, you know, dodge them at all costs. And I think about that as I was thinking like with my own, you know, what if I don't remember one day, like, is like, wow, I won't have pictures of my mom to look back at. For the same reason. We have the power to stop that, stop that shit right now, you know? And I think that's kind of beautiful that we're even at that point of entertaining that because as we see in society, so many people are nowhere near that, you know? Um, so if this process feels slow, remember it should be. <laughs> Would you trust a doctor who went to school for like a year? 
You know, when did studying things over a long time to become really good at them become a bad thing? You don't have to be great at something the first time you do it. You don't have to just, you don't get like a time limit. There's not a certain amount of like chances you get. None of that shit is it, you know? You can keep going until you learn and you feel good about where you're at and what you got. And that's actually, it's honestly a gift to be able to do that. You know, you, everything else can catch up. Focus on living your best lived experience now, you know? Um, and then last thing here I wrote as a disclaimer, people in the chat, I wanna hear, I wanna hear takeaways. I wanna hear what's connecting with you. Don't leave me hanging. But last thing, last point here, don't think you'll always be as good as your best days. We are very, we chase consistency, right? Especially those of us who have had trauma in the past, it's consistency feels like it should be safe. Psych, consistency is not safe to people who have never experienced safe consistency. You know, consistency, it, 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 like I said, it evades us. And then it feels like this thing we're never gonna quite get, but that's not really what it is. We're chasing the wrong thing. It's shiny object syndrome. Like, oh, if I could just be the same every single day, everything would be great. Yeah, but I mean like nobody's a robot, you know? So consistent at what? Just living on the same schedule from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. If that is how you are naturally suited, fantastic. But if in your decades of living, that has not been something that has flowed to you naturally. The unfortunate news is that, that ship has probably sailed. But the good news is there's still absolutely ways to utilize your strengths, your way of being, you know, how you do things. There's no rule against it, right? So consistent. Let's talk about consistency. We're capable, how about this, of consistently committing to a goal and a process and not a time. We're capable of committing to learning and getting better at things, like I said before, of improving. We're capable of committing to consistently, this is a big one, consistently forgiving ourselves and not thinking we're gonna turn into some useless blob if we do that. We can consistently commit to learning how to not think the worst of ourselves and not try to live our lives preventing us from fucking up have a little confidence in ourselves. It's not chronic uh, modesty academy, is it? You know, but it has to be something that, you know, has to be worked on and thought of outside of the box. We're so taught to just like do, do, do. And that there is a time and place for that. But what is the freaking point if you're back here in a year? What is the point if in six months you're like, you know what, I'm good, I got it. I've been sticking to my baby steps, I'm out, I'm good. And then something completely throws you for a loop and you haven't eaten more than, you know, a Ritz cracker all day. Like it happens. So being able to like, let go of the need to be the same and be perfect and, you know, be like sticking to things every single day without looking at what's happening in the background, how you're feeling when, when your periods come in, you know, like all of those things that don't make us lazy or making excuses. It makes us human. Like if we stop the, the chaos, the noise, and we just focus on and taking care of ourselves and enjoying our lives and learning about what our body needs, why wouldn't you be in a better situation than the hamster wheel from hell? You know, it's a crazy mindset switch that feels like it shouldn't be as hard as it is, right? Anyone feel mind fucked that this is this difficult? <laughs>
Oh, I got stuff in the chat. Okay. I have to be comfortable that I'm going to have days where I'm going to be an agent of chaos. Absolutely. When you let go of the strictness, you end up consistently having less days of chaos. So like those days of chaos, it evens out versus just trying to have it be a good day every day and something fails. Of course, it's going to fail. Life these days, you know. I feel like this is so hard. Me and Alex have no pictures together from our entire five-year relationship so far. We started trying this year, but the few times I've been caught on camera and seen, it sent me into a huge spiral and I'm not sure how to not let that affect me so much. I'm so glad that you sent this. Also, I feel guilty because they're a photographer and try to take pics of me to make myself feel good with permission, of course, and I'll try it, but just end up crying. I feel like this is another one that could be like a great one-on-one -on -one topic, but also an entire Zoom on its own, because this is really, um, I'm glad you brought this up. I didn't, not to say that you're saying this, but to anyone else, I didn't mean to bring it up so cavalierly, like it's easy, because it's really friggin' hard. Like I said, you know, my mom is in her fifties and like barely any photos exist, you know? And it's not the first time we've told her, like, we want photos with you, you know? so. Of course, like it's very, very hard. Um, and there's definitely some things we can talk about. I think a lot of it is that it's so layered and we don't expect it because when we're faced with someone we don't like recognize as much or we're faced with someone that just kind of represents things not working out the way we want, we don't anticipate that being the only thing we see. And to the people around us, they might be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I look at you all the time and I'm looking at you in this picture and you look great. Like, what? And that only makes us more freaked out, you know, because and it's it's really tricky. It's really hard, um, but it's absolutely something that I would, I mean, if you guys would like that, I could totally do a Zoom on that because I don't think anyone really expects photos to be such a big thing. And it absolutely is for things like you're mentioning, you know, I get a, a lot of clients will dedicate calls just to, oh my God, my wedding's coming up. I'm terrified of these photos. You know, like it's, I can't, you know, go up to my photographer and be like, oh, can I check that? Can you delete that one? I don't like that. Can we retake it? You know, like it's really trusting someone who is a professional, but like, how do I know I will like those photos? It's really a layered thing. Um, something I was oh, trying to think what video that was. Do you guys remember what, I think it might've been the summer wardrobe one. I'll find it. But in one of the Zooms, I said, a challenge was get ready in something that is comfortable in something that and you don't have to leave. You don't have to go anywhere. Right. But if you want to try this out and try to see comfort zones, how they're doing, right. Do it at home, find something comfy that you think is cute. And you like the way that it looks like on the hanger or whatever. We're not trying to think of like flattering It's comfortable on your body. And you like the way it physically looks. Don't look in the mirror when you get ready, throw that shit on. And then hang out. I know it's a little different because Alex will be taking pictures. So it's like, there's no surprise element to that, but I'm losing my voice. Um, but <clears throat> make it a point to only be having fun in those pictures. And now that sounds counterproductive because you're like, I'm freaking out inside. How the hell could I have fun? Try to be doing something, watching a movie that you know makes you crack up, um, just reminiscing about stuff, whatever. Don't have it be that very moment. But at some point in the evening, as, you, as you're as you both hanging out, have them 
just take a photo of you when it looks like you're having a good time. And then look at that picture a different day. Before you look at that picture, I want you to remember that what you'll be looking at is someone who has chronic illness, someone who is trying to mend a relationship with themselves, with their trauma, with all of the things they've been dealing with. It is not ever going to look like the people in the, in the past in your photos. It's not going to look like the people we see on Instagram because they don't even look like the people we see on Instagram, right? So if we just focus on what emotions do I see in this photo? What memory am I making in this photo? And then you don't have to show a damn soul. It could just literally be for you and Alex. But I think something about showing that a photo is more than just a, a photographic record of the way you look brings something extra to it, you know? Because I don't think any of us should be like, you, know, you don't have to be sitting there taking selfies all the time and that's documenting your lives. But when it comes to memories and moments, it, it's so powerful and freeing to feel like you're not avoiding capturing that moment. You know, and what you do capture is the enjoyment of the moment, being present. It's something we should celebrate getting through what we've gotten through in our lives to be able to be present. So start small, start at home, you know, and just ask them to get pictures of you when it looks like you're having a good time. Probably be a fun challenge for them too. And hey, in the meantime, you're just watching a lot of funny stuff and enjoying each other, right? So I hope that helped. And then if not, let's talk one-on-one -on -one too. Um, being present has hit hard the last few weeks. I had another death, uh, a friend who I didn't take his death, ser his health seriously. I reconnected with our close group of friends of 20 plus years. This is a good conversation for me today. I'm so glad. Slow and consistent is being present. I hated and loved looking at old pictures and my size being all over the place, seeing myself at my thinnest and knowing I was most miserable then. I hear that all the time, all the time. Um, and I think even like uh, Courtney Kardashian recently, you know, had said that, you know, when I'm at my thinnest, I'm usually unhappy. And it made sense when you looked at the, I don't know, kind of a nerd with the stuff, but like when you looked at the chronological stuff of what had been going on or what we were hearing, it made sense, you know, um, it was sad to see that that's when she was getting praises, like the best body. And it was literally at her lowest. And then also the footage I used to like Scott. And then I saw a whole bunch of footage of him. He's a shit for many reasons, but his fat shaming comments, like I'm done, he's, he's done. But anyway, um, I'm very sorry for your loss. And I'm very, very sorry that something, you know, it's like whenever something kind of just feels like it's ripped away like that, it really does make you start to evaluate. And I'm glad that you are focusing on unburdening yourself and just being able to be present. So I'm sorry that that happened. My mom is the same way. So another way I'm breaking the generational trauma is doing all the pictures, all the Instagrammable photos. My boyfriend teases me about it, but I view Instagram as a scrapbook to remember all those moments. Yeah, I love that. Um, and you know, you can have, what is it? Like a Finsta, it's like the fake Insta for anyone who wants to baby step that, you know, just make like an Instagram that absolutely no one knows about and set it to private and just look at your own feed, make it for you. Um, but I totally agree. I feel like. Instagram can be annoying, but it's also great at giving, giving us a place to curate what we want to, you know? So I hope that this was helpful. Um, in terms of our lesson for today, I want to hear any thoughts that you're willing to share with me one-on-one, -on -one. send me a text after this. You know, I am, a, I'm just a feedback queen. Like I love it. So 
send it on down. Um, before I let you guys jump, I was talking with the coaches this weekend on our um, staff meeting. And I had this idea because I have a lot of clients who have issues ordering stuff. I get it. Like whether it's just not wanting to, or whether it's like, uh, like not wanting to go through the steps of doing it, or it's just ADHD. I forget stuff in carts all the time. I kind of wanted to get a feel on what you guys would think if we offered something where, you know, we came up with a certain budget for per month, like you told us whatever, and we would send you stuff. Like if you'd say, okay, um, here's a hundred bucks. I want to explore bread products or pasta products or snacks or something this month. Um, and then we would assemble the cart or whatever, and then send it out to you so that we take care of the actual logistics of it. Um, what would you guys think? Would you be down for that? I feel like I mentioned it to one client and she was like, oh my God, yes. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll ask around, you know, if this is something people would be interested in. Um, and I also remember with the, we did a giveaway where it was like, you got like a mystery box. I think it was for the pre holidays thing that we did. Um, and that was so fun. Like I like picking out the stuff. Um, so yeah, let me know if, if you're like, I would be so down for that. Shoot me a text. And if there is enough demand or, you know, desire, interest, whatever, then we'll figure out the logistics and roll it out. But Okay, so I hope that this was helpful um, and I cannot wait to talk to you guys here back, whatever. And I hope that you have a great week ahead of you. Let us know if you need anything and you're all amazing. So, bye.